Enjoy the convenience of seven days a week banking and extended hours with Cube from First Arkansas Bank and Trust. Member FDIC. Well, we have a new sponsor, but we don't have the new intro ready. But we're now joined by Bart Reed, our basketball man. And uh, thanks to Martin. Hello. Bart. Hello. We have a new sponsor. Martin Orthopedics. How about it? Listen. How about job security? Have they they glued you back together at any point in time, Bart? Hey, listen, job security is, for old has-beens like me, is is surgery is coming. It's not a question of when. It's (laughs) what time and how often. And certainly everybody's getting older. Golf, basketball, whatever sport is, Martin Orthopedics can take care of it, get you glued back together. Total joints, sports medicine, scope, shoulders, knees. Ankles, you got, they got. Anything you need worked on, anything you need looked at, they've got it covered. Now, my understanding is they're going to have some brand-new facilities. Combine that with uh, a a great staff to go along with it. So it sounds like they're ready to take on the world. They are. They have the new surgical hospital that they're they're working at, small mail. And then, of course, if you want to get in and out really quick, they've got – couple of surgery centers we have knee scoped and in and out 30 minutes so yeah they're doing big things and i'm fortunate enough randy one of my best friends managed to go in from his residency and fellowship with dr ken martin he's part of that group so he's doing really well and it's an excellent surgeon so i'm, I'm glad that they're we're doing this partnership and collaboration i think it's going to be a really good any truth to the rumor that dr martin at one time was an athlete that I can verify that he was extremely fast, a great football talent. So he was enrolled at the university in the exact same year that my uncle Lewis Campbell was. So they were, I might have even been roommates at some point in time. But Dr. Martin is an excellent athlete, still stays in great shape. But I heard he was some kind of fast. Hmm. Well, that didn't rub off on you then. So that that part we don't no. have to worry about. So. <laughs> That's right. I, I have the liberty of saying that, Rick, because you do. I was the voice when, when Bart was playing basketball at ULR, yeah. so I got a chance to see his game up close, and uh, more than anything else, I mean, if he was wide open, he could shoot the ball. I mean, he could shoot the ball, but, yeah. you know, the, the, the quickness the, to be able to create, and he had the hops. He just didn't have I that. I could jump. Yeah, he I could, could jump, jump. I, but, I, but yep. You know, he and the turtle would have a great race. So, you just had to, you know, <laughs> oh my just clear things out for Bart and get him all isolated, get mm. him the ball, and he'll make it. But uh, that's right. Well, well, Bart, tonight Arkansas is not playing a turtle. They're playing South Dakota State, <laughs> a team that that's won right. thirty games last year, and they played yep. last night. Uh, and here they are in Fayetteville tonight. This is not going to be a picnic, is it? No, it's not. So, Rick, did they charter in? Is that what? Is that how they handled that? That's what they, they played did, last yes. night. Uh huh. That's right. Yep. Played so, last night. One at home. Yep. So they're two and zero. We're two and zero. So, listen. All these games are extremely com- competitive. We've talked about parity in college basketball from the mid major, low mid major, high mid major to the power fives. There's no cupcake, especially when you can shoot the basketball and score the basketball. 
like this team can. I mean, they've got plenty of scoring. Essentially, Rick, Randy, they're looking at almost three guys in double-digit scoring. They're not afraid to put the ball up. They're going to shoot the ball probably 12 to 15 times more than we are a game. It's really going to go back to shooting percentages, back to Randy's ground and pound. Can we take higher percentage shots and keep our attempts up, and can we knock down those five to six three-point shots that we desperately need, keep the turnovers low, and let's hope a team, that South Dakota team that's probably going to shoot 20, 19 three-point shots, let's hope they don't get hot and push that number above 10 to 12, because if they do, then it's a competitive race. All right, Mark. One note that came out of last night's game with St. Bonaventure was the high number of turnovers by South Dakota State. I don't think that's a good formula. Do you to go up against Arkansas if you're prone at turning the ball over? No, it's not. And, listen, that proves very costly to Fordham, who came in with very limited turnovers and then just absolutely bobbled the ball and turned it all over all over the place. That is a surefire way, especially on the road. Turnovers will get you beat. There's no doubt about it. So if they want to stay competitive, they have got to protect the basketball, not give up any unforced turnovers. It's certainly turnovers in the backcourt from pressure where they're getting wide open layups. They really need to keep that turn turnovers. I would cover around the 10, 11, 12 number if they want it to be competitive at all. Anything over that, 15, 16, forget about it. They're in the danger zone. Arkansas Razorbacks roll it the turnover battles that high. Bart, one of the things that Coach Musselman talked about, I guess it was Monday, I've kind of lost track of days, uh, I think at his press conference on Monday, he wants the number of passes per game, he's talking about for his Razorbacks, he wants 200 or more. I think they're right at 150, 160, somewhere in that range right now. How important is it to the offense uh, for that number to get closer to 200? So, Randy, I love this. Randy, Rick, I love this. So this is what I would call a really micro-analytic, by-the-numbers stat that basically from the amount of passes, even by taking it for an average game, he can tell whether the ball's moving on an average possession or not. So what he's saying is, the ball is sticking, and we're not making that extra one-more pass, which is usually a wide-open type of kick for mid-range or a corner three catch-and-shoot that's uncontested. So him saying that number, that's not an arbitrary number he's throwing out. He's got it figured down to a science and drilled down. He knows exactly how much to get the ball moving, to push the assist up, and make sure everybody's getting the appropriate touches and the ball's moving and we're hitting those gaps and getting uncontested shots. For a team that struggles, we don't want contested shots. We want to try to take that extra pass, extra kick, and take that uncontested shot to a much higher percentage mate. All right, Bart, you're Eric Musselman right now, and you are drawing up your game plan, and you have already started making adjustments without Nick Smith, Jr., and there is not even a date uh, I would say you can say for sure that you could expect Nick back. With that being said, if you're Coach Musselman, who do you focus your set plays on? Do you do that for Ricky Council? Do you do that for Trevin Brazil? Do you? I mean, do you go with set plays, or 
do you just kind of, again, uh, take that number that you're looking for, average possession, possession number of passes, just look for either a good high-low situation or a good pick-and-roll situation? What, what do you do offensively if you're Eric Musselman? Well, so we can look at take a little peek at this projected starting lineup tonight, and by Ricky Council being in that starting lineup, we can tell he's going with the hot hand, coming off a really explosive performance where he was just everywhere, up and down the court. So he's the hot hand, quote-unquote. Devo Davis in the starting lineup has, I think, been the most consistent scorer if you trace it from the trip across the pond to Europe to now to the games that they have played, exhibition included. He seems to be the most steady in terms of shot recognition and knocking down mid-range shots and getting us close to that double-digit point total that we need. Anthony Black's a stable. I think we know what we're getting from him. He's an incredible talent. He's not going to take a lot of shots, but he will facilitate for a scoring guard. This is what you can see right now. Ricky Council's scoring guard, Debo Davis' scoring guard, and by putting Mikel Mitchell in the starting lineup, that makes the stance that we're probably going to go away from the five out, the five behind the three-point line, Randy, and we're going to get a post-up situation and try to beat some, uh, take advantage of some mismatches and kind of throw the ball into the post and hope to get eight to ten easy points out of a mismatch there. And I think that's the formula that you're going to look at right now. Instead of going space five out, we're going to go out to a four-out model. We're going to have a low low post or a high post presence or both, Randy, as you mentioned, and we're going to try to get some baskets in the post and we're going to try to work inside out. But from a set perspective, now it has it has not come down Bart to where uh, someone has to take that last shot to win yep. or to lose. So that that is yet to be determined who might be the one that's called upon to take that shot. But from a set perspective, you're not expecting many sets to be run tonight. It's strictly going to work from a high-low type approach. I hear the music, so we'll come back and finish this talk in a moment. All right, hang tight, Bart. As Bart Reed, as we take a look at tonight's matchup between South Dakota State and the Arkansas Razorbacks. All right, joined again by Bart Reed, thanks to Martin Orthopedics. And, Bart, right before the break, we were talking about running that set play uh, for an, an individual, not the last second shot, but just running set plays. I know uh, Coach Musselman has talked a lot about having to make adjustments because Nick Smith is not in the lineup and a lot of the offense was going to be focused around Nick, so they've had to make some adjustments. So this sounds like my kind of basketball, though, just kind of wheel and deal. Is that that kind of how you see it? Yes, it is, because we went from last year where we didn't do a lot of these ball screens, high ball screens, middle ball screens, where when Nick was here, the one thing that like Nick and I prepared for, and, and certainly Coach Muslim was looking at starting to set these high ball screens right across half court to try to give Nick some added separation downhill for those specialty type of defenses where Nick was really working and we were kind of not getting deeper in the shot clock, but certainly the ball was being pushed in transition. But screens take a little bit of time to develop. So it was a lot of Nick off a ball screen, looking for the roll man, attacking, looking for – like a Trayvon Brazil on a pop for a catch-and-shoot three. That now you'll see a little bit of that go away without the presence of Nick Smith to the more ball movement, as we talked about earlier, Randy, with the number of passes. 
So you'll see more space, less ball screens, a high middle ball screen, meaning there's not going to be a big usually at the, at the top in the middle taking up that space. It's going to be more open. You'll see some pass and cut. You will see some off-ball screens. I think especially if we get Joseph in and we're trying to establish a three-point shooting game, if he gets some looks, you'll see some off-ball screens, some pin-downs, some wide pin-downs. So he can catch that basically uncovered and let it fly from deep. So I think you'll see a lot more ball movement without Nick Smith in the lineup because the scoring is going to have to come from others. We're not going to be able to get it from one place. It's going to have to come across the whole team. So you'll see a lot more ball movement, I think. Based upon the fact that Nick has yet to be able to play in the regular season, so that is basically two games so far, would you yeah. would it be easy to say that the guy who's benefited the most, though, from Nick's absence has been Ricky Council? I think Ricky Council, and certainly any one of the Mitchells that are getting playing time, Randy, we said this before, they were kind of outside looking in as we were really going with that Jordan Walsh, Trayvon Brazil, five-out type of thing where we're taking taking bigs and trying to take a hold of the mismatch versus trying to get something down low. So certainly, and listen, let's don't downplay Devo Davis. I think offensively, if you're looking for the steady person that can really make great decisions that Coach Musselman really trusts with the basketball, Devo Davis is the guy. I think you'll see him in a lot more downhill situations, but possibly a lot more point guard situations with him handling the ball with Anthony Black off the ball a little bit. I don't know that, Bart, you can expect 20 turnovers against your opponent in every first half as it was against Fordham. But one thing seems apparent, this defense and I, I do believe there are still way too many games to be played before you can make a positive conclusion. But, Bart, does this defense not have a chance maybe to be one of the better defenses that Arkansas has seen in quite a while? Yeah, it is. It is. It's hard to say that because we're so full from last year, which I thought was just, Randy, probably one of the most versatile, if not the best, the most versatile defense Arkansas Razorbacks have had in a long time where you know, we talked about they just switched everything. So a very similar type of lineup. I think even this time we're a little bit more athletic and mm-hmm. we're, we're, it seems like we're getting to a lot more shots, maybe even getting a few more block shots. But they are everywhere. They're not arms are flying, active hands. They're tipping balls. They're in the passing lane. So this that's going to be a remedy for success, too. We can't downplay the fact turnovers lead to easy transition buckets. And this Arkansas Razorback team will take every easy bucket they can take. Well, one thing that I I do believe, last year may have been one of the, quote, smaller teams that you would see at the Power 5 level. Uh, This year may be one of the longer and as tall maybe as anyone at the Division I Power 5 level. So, Bart, they've got athleticism, but – then you throw in the length, which can make it even a little tougher. That's right. And fans, if we, when you have someone like Ricky Council on ball, and then someone as athletic as Jordan Walsh, which is an NBA body, NBA athleticism, right now, as a rotating shot blocker, watch out because that is a lethal, lethal defensive combination of just athleticism 
and high basketball IQ defending and, and, and locking any defender type down. They so much versatility on this Arkansas Razorback roster. All right, Bart, we're going to switch to the most recent signee for the uh, basketball Razorbacks, and that was Bay Fall. He told us seven foot last night on the air. I've seen him listed six ten, six eleven. He said seven foot last night. I think he can spend a little bit of time at the training table, and you may not see it on yeah. him for a while. At two hundred and two right. pounds, I think is what he said. But then Layden Blocker, I don't know if you've had a chance to work with Layden or not, but this is kind of a a unique combination. If you're only talking mm-hmm. two players, you're talking an inside out combination with. Blocker is a point out. guard. Yeah, and then you got Fall down on the block. And I listen. I love it. So I I had a chance to work with Layden when Layden was. I started with him when he was a young pup, sixth, seventh grade. A great defender, certainly someone that can push the ball up in transition. I love that. When you've got that type of height, six ten, six eleven, seven foot. This is an inside out type threat, and he's obviously still growing. Sky's the limit. For this guy, he will grow into his body. At 202 pounds, that's light. He's going to develop and add muscle. They're going to put him in the weight room. Randy, don't you? He'll put on 20, 30 pounds probably in his first couple of months there, and that's going to change his game. Great touch, great hands, athletic, can do it all. I'm telling you, this guy is an inside out threat, and it just continues to be a five star factory at the University of Arkansas under Coach Eric Musselman. It's incredible, the type of talent that we're bringing in. Would you call Bay a eraser? I mean, he's the kind of guy. I think of, of maybe this is a stretch, but uh, Olajuwon, who, yeah. to me, could defend the basket, swat it away, so athletic to play on the fourth need be, but... Bay Fall sounds like he's an eraser. An eraser and laid blocker might be the best on-ball defender we've had yet at the University of Arkansas. An absolutely elite-level lockdown defender. Wow, that's impressive. All right, Bart. That is Bart Reed. Thanks to Martin Orthopedics. Thank you.